Moncrief with Energlaze on News Talk. Now, in another set of circumstances, it might be viewed as a miraculous event, but in a zoo in Costa Rica, a female crocodile who had had no contact with any males made herself pregnant. This has been reported on all around the world, but is it really that uncommon? Robert Gandola is a herpetologist and a member of the International Union for Conservation of Nature Crocodile Specialist Group. Robert, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon, Sean. How are you? How uncommon or common is this kind of thing? So... It's it's obviously not very common because they've just had a huge major publication that sent the world bananas about it. Mm. Now, as this after this came out, there's a lot of talk, you know, it's kind of a bit of a, a known secret that, you know, there's been an indication and people have kind of taught to themselves that there's some sort of partnogenesis going on purely because crocodiles, um, they're a bit like mammals. They tend to need to age a bit to mature before they can, you know, reproduce and lay mm. eggs. So in a lot of cases, a lot of zoos, particularly on farms where, you know, they may separate the sexes due to aggression or different growth rates or what have you. Um, you know, they can watch these animals for multiple years before they decide they need to be. And then, you know, females start laying eggs that are viable. Now, just, you know, if you're looking at a crocodile egg, you can tell straight away whether it's it's fertile or not, where it's going to develop. It's due, due to banding. Ah. So when you look at the egg, if you take it up and you look at it and there's like a... It's a darker white, so the eggs are white and it's a slightly darker white band and it starts quite thin and as the embryo develops it gets bigger and then it consumes the whole egg so the whole egg becomes very white. So you can tell straight away whether it's fertile or not. Yeah. You know, so that's what these lads seem to have done. They they excavated the nest. They saw about 50% of the eggs, so 7 of 14, had bands and they said, look, let's lash these in the incubator and we'll give them a go. Sure, why not? Yeah. And, the, and it, did it work out for any of them? Yeah, well, it, it seemed to... It, to work for one of them. Mm. So, and everybody might, well, you might say like, that's a terrible success rate. <laughs> but the embryo was successful, like for all intents and purposes, it actually looked like a fully formed crocodile hatchling. So, you know, whether partnogenesis in this particular species of crocodile will only ever lead to dead, fully formed hatchlings in eggs. We don't know. You know, ah, a lot of right. this is still unknown. Yeah. Um, and there there was suggestion, even online and talk within the other croc specialists, um, when the paper came out, that like some of these guys have seen it in closely related crocodile species. So the, the neotropical, so you're looking at the, the North American Central and South American crocodilians. Yeah. Um, they'd all be quite closely related to each other, you know, and there's been suggestion that Morlitz crocodile, which is another um, Central American species, may have been known to do this as well. Yeah. Crocodiles have been around for however 100 million years, 200 million years kind of thing. Well, so yeah, you imagine it's not that much of a surprise they might have a latent ability to do this. No, um, and the crocs are around. So you're looking, their lineage is probably about 300 million years old. There's all sorts of fancy crocs, like fully marine ones, galloping ones, ones with like crazy armour, um, you know, like giant ones that used to prey on dinosaurs way before. Like the ones that are alive today that we know and love in my case um, are like the crown group. They're like the last in the lineage. There's been all sorts of side branches and, and crazy adaptations. And we know that there's lizards and snakes engage in this uh, facultative partnogenesis as well. And birds. So that kind of branch of um, crocs, reptiles, uh, crocs, lizards, snakes and birds all engage in partnogenesis, then it's likely this is a very early adaptation. Right, okay. Yeah. And and but leaving aside crocs, like other species that do this, do they only do it kind of when they have to, sort of thing? Is it, is it if they're all by themselves and they need to reproduce, then they go at it? Yeah, absolutely. So I think it's 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 probably triggered by the environment they find themselves in. Um, but like if you think if you're a crocodile or like even some geckos, um, some geckos are, are what's called um, 
you know, they, they're obligate partenogens. They're only female. They can only reproduce by partenogenesis. Mm. Whereas crocs, um, Komodo dragons, you know, some of the snakes, they're facultative, which means that they can still breed if a boy suddenly turns up. Now, in Komodo dragons, um, the females that lay the partenogenic eggs can only hatch males. To do oh, with the way really? the chromosomes recombine. Okay. So they can only have males, mm. um, which is credible. So then they, the, the female then can breed back to her sons to get the population going. Now, this is fantastic if you've just colonised a new island and you're going to be the dominant life form there. Yeah. You know, so you could imagine crocodiles, particularly American crocs, Nile crocs, the saltwater crocodile, the most famous of them all probably, they all like to swim across seas and oceans to islands. Like Madagascar was colonised from continental Africa by Nile crocs, you know. So if their females arrive before the boys do or they don't find the boys because they're on a huge island and it takes a while and then the females can, can start laying partenogenic eggs, then maybe it's a way of kickstarting things to go. Right. The only thing is there is if you look at the egg that they tested there in the paper, it was female. They could tell from the genetics that it was going to ah. be female. But but say in the case that the mother uh, um, um, has a um, a son by herself uh, and then they breed, is this yeah. like, you know, like humans were not supposed to marry our attractive cousins because, you know, the offspring, you know, might have problems. It, does that cause problems in other species when this kind of thing happens? It does, but it's more like, you know, the old adage, inbred is the best bread. You know, um, <laughs> like if you look at... If, <laughs> I've never heard that one before. <laughs> anyway, so, but if you look at like even the fallow deer in the Phoenix Park, yeah. they're all so inbred now over the last 400 years that it's how's it going mom, dad yeah. uncle, brother, cousin <laughs> yeah. you know um, and it doesn't really affect the animals unless the genetics of being inbred makes them susceptible to either some novel disease that pops up in the population um, or something else deleterious so like say the genetics are now programmed to start growing a leg out of the top of their head yeah. you know when it makes them okay. you know and it, and it kills the embryos or the fetus or whatever it is when they're grown but generally they're, they're quite fine to just keep backbreeding to each other you yeah. know and that even itself over time will, will eventually result in some form of genetic diversity because they're not clones they're not identical yeah there's, there's still a little bit of genetic difference even like when it's produced by the mother oh still, really yeah yeah they're not 100% identical how, how do they get the, the where does the difference come from so it's when when the cells are going through cell division mm. they do this weird thing called um, thermal fusion Automixis, right? So it's all this thing. And it appears that when the cells divide, they, they fuse back together. And therefore, it's slightly different to when the cells divide normally. You know, when there's a father, when there's father's genetic mm. material in the mix. So the mothers, the mothers won't recombine with each other. And it gives you that tiny little percentage. Now it's, it's, it's a percentage of, of heterozygosity. Yeah. So it's, it's not genetic. It's not 3% overall genetic diversity. It's 3% genetic, uh, heterozygosity difference. So it's teeny tiny amounts yeah. of difference. But, you know, over the space of multiple, multiple generations, you, you get a little bit of difference back in. God, that's, nature can be so feckin' clever, really. And crocs are just hardcore, man. They're yeah. awesome. They're so cool. Well, should we worry about crocs? Because, like, they are, you know, uh, nature's great survivors. Uh, and no matter what happens, they'll, they'll thrive. Well, it depends. If you live are they under threat them, at all? Yeah, they are, absolutely. They're, they're all under threat. And it's not just from the letter trade anymore. It's habitat loss, like everything else, you know. Mm. Um, so they are losing a lot of their habitat. But there are some really good success stories, like American alligators now. There's more of them now, probably, than there has been in the last couple of hundred years. Saltwater crocodiles in northern Australia are probably at carrying capacity now. There's so many of them. Um, and this is all, you know, it all leads into these sustainable use conservation. So farming is part of where you get your wins when it comes to crocs. 
it's not saying it's easy living alongside them like they, they do get large they tend to eat people quite frequently you know particularly in Africa <laughs> um, you know in parts of Southeast Asia okay um, but that's that's just the nature of the beast so you give them you give them a value and you give them a value to the locals and then they they conserve them and yeah. it seems to be what works yeah as long as they obviously keep a different d- yeah. uh, distance uh, Robert thanks very much for coming in uh, to talk to us today it was Robert Gandola there a herpetologist Moncrief, weekdays at 2 p.m. with Anna Glaze on News Talk.